Welcome to the Advanced Relationship Podcast. We are your hosts, Bryce Bauer and Jenny Morrow. We are a married couple devoted to helping you advance your relationships. With over 14 years experience as a marriage and family therapist and relationship coach, and over a decade of experience as a certified life and relationship coach, we are here to help you create the most intimate, loving, and powerful relationships on the planet. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Advanced Relationship Podcast. We have a fun, interesting, and intense topic today. Yeah, I'm excited to dive in today. And Bryce and I have done a little bit of research and reading on this topic, and we've worked with clients on this topic. So we're, um, you know, we're excited to dive in and share a little bit about what we know. And this is a really personal topic. So it's something that when it comes down to your own relationship, it's really. Um, you, you know, you can learn a lot about it and that will help. And it's just a really personal choice as well. Totally. Yeah. And I think this is going to be a helpful topic because in our research, we found that 6 to 18% of still married couples have gone through some type of separation. I think many more have thought about it, given that we have a near half divorce rate in the United States. So if you've ever thought about separation, if you're thinking about it now, if you've been through one and you're and you're trying to figure out how to reconnect, mm-hmm. this is going to be really helpful, as well as having some language to normalize what you may be going through. Yeah, exactly. Or if you're a helper, so if you're a therapist or coach yourself, or if you have friends or family members going through this, hopefully this will also give you some insight into the experience and how to support and help. Yeah, great. So the topic is, should we separate? We're going to break this into a few different pieces here, but let's first talk about the reasons, Jen. Why might someone want to separate? Okay, cool. And actually, I was just thinking announcements. Can we dive into announcements first? Sure. Okay. So announcements, if you're interested in joining Bryce and I and getting daily relationship inspiration and being involved in daily deep dive relationship conversations, go check out our private Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and type in Advanced Relationship Podcast Community and request to join. And if you want more support from Bryce or I with individual or couples coaching, go to advancedrelationshipacademy.com. And that's it for me right now. Cool. Yeah, I have another men's group that's starting soon, so you can just reach out to me, Bryce at PricePower.com, if you're interested in that. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and sometimes I jump the gun there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too sometimes. I get excited. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So let's talk about the reasons why someone might want to separate. Okay, so some of the reasons why people want to separate, there's less severe reasons and there's more severe reasons. So sometimes people start to think about separating if there's like if there's a lack of affection and if there's been communication problems maybe higher conflict, not with abuse, but just higher stress, higher conflict, difficulty talking about a sensitive subject can bring up a desire to separate or wondering if should we separate in order to work this out. Also, if people are unsure, if there's like an ambiguity about the relationship itself, if they're not feeling totally secure that 
I really trust my partner wants to be in this or I really trust that I want to be in this. So if there's some ambiguity there, which could be based on conflict that's happened, unresolved issues that haven't gotten resolved, or again, maybe some neglect or lack of affection, attention, things like that. Yeah, ultimately, you're feeling like your life might be better if you aren't in the relationship mm-hmm. is the some of the less severe reasons. Yeah. And the more severe, which we aren't going to dive into a ton, are substance abuse, physical abuse, mental illness. And also infidelity. I just thought about that one. Yeah, that could be a more severe one. Mm-hmm. It could also be a less severe one, too, yeah, in a way. That's one way. that you could work through. Yeah. And I think the reason why we were separating them out is because a more severe reason like abuse or mental illness is not so much a relational issue that might actually be a safety issue Mm -hmm. exactly and you might not be able to resolve it within the context of relationships someone might need to go get some extra support outside of it yeah exactly okay so i find this really fascinating and we broke these down into the types of separation you want to speak to those jen Yeah, so um, types of separation are, there's something called a trial separation, or sometimes it's called a controlled separation or an ambiguous separation, which basically means that you're not sure what the outcome of the separation is going to be. The purpose of the separation itself is to get clarity on the relationship. So if one or both people in the partnership are not sure whether they want to continue the relationship, then they may choose a trial separation. Cool, yeah. And I think this is probably what most people do. They mm-hmm. kind of roll into it and like, we're not sure if the relationship is going to work out or not. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know if that one, in terms of numbers, number, this the second one might actually be equal or greater. I'm actually not sure. Okay, jury's out on that. So yeah. number two is separating to divorce. So as you know, divorce takes time. And you might know in your heart, maybe both people do, that we're going to stay separated. But you move out. Um, It can help make things more amicable. And it helps with the preparation to divorce, especially when you have kids, finances, business, a bunch of stuff tied into your lives together. Yeah, a lot of times if one or both people have decided to divorce, then it feels easier to live in separate spaces as you're going through that process. Um, It can feel less conflictual rather than being in the same space as you're actually in the process of divorce itself or or once that decision's been made. Yeah. And it may not be explicit, so someone might think it's a trial separation and another kind of knows in their heart that it's separating to divorce. So it could be that it could be a little bit of a mix of both, too, where one partner thinks it's one and someone else thinks it's another. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and how do you work, side note, how do you work with someone or a couple who's in that position? So sometimes as a therapist um, or a relationship coach, I've been confused myself. So sometimes they'll come in and say, you know, we're wondering if we can work on making this marriage work or we've decided to separate and we're wondering how to like reconcile. But sometimes I'll really sense that one person just isn't there. Like they don't want to do that. Right. And so we might do some sessions and we're working on the reconciliation or working on communication skills but there's just a lot of sometimes resistance and sometimes I feel confused and then sometimes what will come out later is that one person actually already knows they want a divorce Mm -hmm. and sometimes the way I'll find that out is by separating the two people out and having an individual session with each so that they'll speak more more honestly than maybe they would with their partner present Um, sometimes I find out that one is also 
in an affair or has been in an affair and hasn't told their partner mm. and is wanting to leave the relationship. So, yeah, sometimes I do end up separating them out in sessions to make sense of it if it seems like it's not working. The couple's Gotcha. Work. Yeah. I mean, I can be the best coach in the world, but if someone isn't really fully honest with me or if they don't even know what they really want, it is really tough to work with us. But I think the truth does come out over time. That's what I think, yeah. I find often in these situations... If someone's not being honest with me, it might be that they're really having a hard time even being honest with themselves. Right. Good point. Mm -hmm. And then the third type of separation, which a lot of times this is going to be pretty short term, as we talked about this, is a healing separation. Um, So the intention would be for self-reflection, clarifying needs. You might just need some sleep Mm -hmm. to to lower your stress level a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this could even happen within the house. So it might be you know, a really mild version of this would be someone sleeping in another room for a night or two, but it could be that someone goes to a hotel or a family member's house for a week to get some space or a weekend, you know, it could go as long as like a month or something. But once you start getting longer than a month or three months, then you're really looking more probably at a trial type separation. Right, right. And I felt, it felt helpful to acknowledge, we talked about this beforehand, that Jenny and I have had each had maybe two nights where we've slept in another room over the course of our relationship mm-hmm. of five years. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it does happen. And there have been times when it's just like, okay, we're not going to resolve this mm-hmm. tonight and things are pretty intense. I'm going to go sleep in the other room. Yeah, exactly. And it has been a, a way sometimes for one or both of us to, to, genuinely, to genuinely be able to create some, some healing space. And, um, and, you know, sometimes couples or individuals will do this as a punishment to each other. So that can happen. But if the intention is to, he is to keep the relationship from experiencing more damage, it can be very helpful. Right. Right. Cause we didn't have any intention of ending the relationship or questioning it really. It no. just seemed like the best thing in the moment. Yeah. So to break those down again, ambiguous or trial separation, separating to divorce, and then a healing separation. Yeah. And we, those are the two, first two are na- names that I've heard before, but the third one, we just made that up. So yeah. if, you don't, if you've never heard that before, that's why. That's just our best name for that kind of experience. Okay. So things to consider if you're looking at separating. And I would say these are the more the longer term separations, what should be considered, Jen? So like in a trial type separation, mostly. Yeah, so okay, and just to clarify, so Bryce and I won't really be talking about separating to divorce here as much. If one or both people know they're moving towards divorce, we're not talking about that process here. So, um, So the things to consider if you're thinking about a trial separation um, and getting clarity on the relationship would be to, um, kids is one thing that would need to be considered finances so your financial situation work location extended family mental health boundaries expectations what the plan is for getting support dating other people or not dating other people and how to stay connected and in the process of clarifying the relationship and or healing it and or reconciliation yeah and i'm thinking about the work that I typically do with people and it's usually ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It's a trial separation. Things have gotten pretty tense. People don't know what to do. 
and I'm helping them create the boundaries, the parameters to set up a situation where both people can learn more about themselves, potentially grow together, whether or not they stay in the marriage or not. Yeah, and I'd say the same with me when I'm working with this with people on this. Yeah, because I find usually people don't want to go into a separation unless it's at that level. Again, maybe a night or two away or a weekend, but I find people people don't start to question the idea of separation unless they're actually questioning the relationship itself. Yeah, mm. totally. And I've worked with people who have come back after a separation that's been pretty messy and they didn't really have a lot of support. And maybe there's been other relationships in between and it can be really tough to reconnect after that. So I think if you're thinking about going into a separation, it's really helpful to have support there because you can actually create quite a bit of damage just by being more short-sighted with maybe what you think you need in the moment, which is like, well, I just need to you know, kind of go date someone else and get this out of my system and not realizing how much damage that can create and how difficult it can be to come back together. Yeah, that seems so true to me. And I, I just, yeah, I think a lot of people think that maybe they hit like a breaking point and then mm-hmm. the separation's like a reaction and the way they do it is sort of reactive. And I just have found the same thing that can actually really be damaging to yeah. the potential of the relationship. Yeah, very often people coming back to me after a separation are looking back on their separation and going like, yeah, I wouldn't do it that way again, mm-hmm. especially if they didn't have some type of support. Yep. So let's move into benefits and disadvantages. Okay, that sounds good to me. So what do you see as the benefits to a couple going through a trial separation? Yeah, so I think if there is really intense conflict that the couple doesn't know how to like depressurize, and again, I'm assuming that there's no abuse in this situation, then I would say... Obviously, if there's abuse, then my suggestion is get safe first. Like, whether or not you're going to stay together, that's going to be a secondary question. First question, safety. Good point. So if we're not talking about that, but we're talking about just intense conflict that's just, like, it's the pressure's not releasing, then I think that the separation can be helpful to just both people getting in their own body and their own skin and having enough space to let the the uh, tension of whatever's going on that's just pushing their edges, it just gives a little bit of space. And I think that can be really important for some couples. Now, again, you know, you might be able to get that space by taking a weekend off and then coming back together or even just a day and coming back together. Yeah, what do you see works? So, um, you know, I would say, well, it's interesting because in the same study that Bryce mentioned in the marital and family journal in the journal of marital and family therapy it was an article that was put out in December of 2019 and one of the things that they found in their research is that when couples have a trial separation around less severe things such as lack of affection attention communication problems stress things like that when they separate for that reason they're less likely to get clarity through the separation mm-hmm So a lot of couples think a separation is going to get us clarity, but what the research shows is if it's less severe reasons that you're separating, it's actually going to be less likely that the clarity, that the separation itself will provide clarity. 
So it can be a benefit, but it's usually only a benefit if there's more severe issues at hand. Gotcha. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So are you saying that if things are not super bad, it could actually create a pattern of avoiding and giving up on resolving and trying to use the separation as the way to resolve and not really dealing with the core issues? Well, definitely. So there can actually be disadvantages if it's less severe, but also aside from just the disadvantages on a more neutral plane, it, it just doesn't necessarily bring the advantage of clarity, the less severe the issues are. And, and coming back to the original question, what do you think constitutes a reason for someone doing a trial separation? Yeah, so I would say... Would you ever prescribe that? You know, I would say for me, I see it as a really personal choice. So it's, it's one way to move forward. And sometimes couples will look back and say, wow, I'm really glad we did that. Like they'll feel like it was the helpful way to come back together. So, um, so I, I don't not prescribe separations, but very similar to divorce, I don't usually prescribe them. Um, I may present it as an option amidst other options. So if a couple's like, well, what do we do in this position? I may say, well, here's some options. We can do some intensive couples work and here's what that could look like while you're in the same house um, and in the same bed, potentially, depending on the issues. Or there can be like an in-house separation with intensive couples work. Or there can be an actual like different homes type of separation with some intensive couples work. I, for me, the one thing I, I prescribe for people, whether they're choosing to stay in the same room, the same house, or even in separate homes, is to be sure that they have support and a very clear agreements around the separation, the purpose of it the timeline, agreements and rules around the separation, and then um, what it's going to look like to come back together if they decide to do that. So I don't usually prescribe that. Like, I can't think of a time where I said to someone, you should separate. Again, unless there was issues around substance abuse or um, physical abuse. There have been times where I have said, my suggestion would be that you get out of the same space until until one or both of you get help for the violence. Right. And I'm thinking about me, how I don't think I've ever told people they should separate. I leave that decision up to them as far as physically. But then with the work that we're doing, I will often tell people, yeah, we should do some individual work. Either you should do it with me or somebody else. Because when you guys come together, it doesn't go well. And I don't even know that me being here is, is going to help that as efficiently is you doing your own personal work over there and yours over there and then coming back together with some more of that information, some more tools. So, I mean, that's my take on it is, is when things aren't going as well as you want them to go in a couple's coaching session, then you should do some individual work. Yeah, I actually really like that, Bryce, and I found the same as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, how how would you handle a, a couple that's coming to you and you're, they're like, we're already deciding we're going to separate and do a trial separation. Mm-hmm. What might you say to them? What boundaries, parameters? Yeah, so um, what I've said to couples in the past who've come to me in that situation, um, who've already made that decision, is I've, I've actually sat down with them and created plans. So um, usually what I'll do is I'll help them create a plan. What is our purpose is a really important part. 
And then um, what is that going to look like? So what kind of support are we going to get while we're separated? What's the timeline? And um, what is, are we going to be dating other people or not dating other people during this time? And, and a lot of that has to do with the purpose. So what I found, what I usually will suggest for couples, unless it's a separation towards divorce and one or both of them already knows that's what their plan is, my suggestion is to not date other people. It's really more about a chance to do self-work and have enough space apart from each other to focus for each people, each person to focus on themselves and then to have some structure where they're coming together and doing some work as well, but maybe only, only with, with a therapist or coach through that process. So anyway, so planning is one of the things I've done with clients. And then at times I've just been the coach or the therapist who's in that process with them. So it could be a mix, like you said, of individual and couples work. And sometimes they want me to help them with both, which has its advantages. And other times they want to have separate therapists or coaches for the individual work and separate for the couples work. And I will, I will participate in one part of that. So I've had it go both ways. And um, a lot of it is about, you know, when I think about the issues couples have, well, a lot of it is about how to communicate more effectively, but it's also about how to get safe with each other. Because it's easier to learn communication skills and do the work of talking about your dreams and your goals and also the day-to-day stuff if you know you're secure. If as a couple you're not even sure whether you're on secure footing, it kind of changes the dynamic and the, the communication skills still work. And it seems like there's also a need for some deeper self-reflection on again, why do I want to be in a marriage? What's the purpose of it for me? And do we have a mutual purpose together as a couple? So cool. helping them delineate that and define that if they mm-hmm. want to move in that direction. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned dating other people and I have uh, a bias there for sure to have people not date other people when they're doing a trial separation. And even though I hear the argument being like, well, I really want to go out and like figure myself out and live a life single and kind of see, test it out. I've, I have noticed that when couples come back after dating other people, that can be really, really challenging. Mm-hmm. And that also, I think sometimes people think that they're going to figure this themselves out by dating other people, but that's really another way to distract. Um, and so if you're really working on yourself and you're taking three months or six months or whatever it is, I don't know that you really need to be dating other people. That's definitely been my experience as well. Yep. Right. And I know that, that John Gottman through the Gottman Institute that they suggest that also. So they they do you know some of the most marriage research out there in the country right now, and their suggestion is when you're doing a trial separation, the agreement would be to not date other people. So I've also kind of taken from them since they've done so much research around how to rebuild strong connections. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure. It's just a gut feeling that I get a bit, even when someone says, yeah, we want to do this and and live our lives separately for a while there's this gut feeling that um, that's really going to damage the security in the long term if they decide to get back together mm-hmm. which it seems to mm-hmm. from yeah. in my experience there have been like a few situations where i've seen couples where like sexuality and 
specifically like a codependency around sexuality very specifically was like an issue. And this is especially true sometimes because I'm working with so many people coming out of religion and people who never had any sexual experiences except with their partner. So there have been times where I've watched couples open up their marriage and I would say in the majority of the instances I've watched this happen, it has either led to divorce, and I wouldn't say that opening the marriage led to divorce. I think the reason people wanted to open it was there was already right. a lack of connection and security. So, but what I find is usually the outcome is divorce and or they come back together and most of the time they wouldn't do it again. Whether they're glad they did it the one time, I'm part of me feels like in some instances there is a, there is a slight bit of benefit there for, for some people. But I would say for the majority of people, 80 to 90% of people, I would not suggest that. Yeah. Cause the, the irony is, cause I have some friends that are in open relationships or who have, have done that before. And, um, it seems like the more personal work you're doing and the more secure you are on yourself, the more likely it is that it could work out. But for so many people coming in that have already had years and years of damage and haven't really worked on it, the chances just go down and down, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I, I would say that's almost, there's like a difference there because the couples I've worked with in that situation, they aren't even necessarily separating. So there's a trial separation, which is different from opening a relationship. Those are actually like two different things. You could do them both simultaneously, but I would not suggest that. I think that's a lot. That's probably too much to put on a, a relationship um, in most cases, to do both of those things at the same time. And what about coming back together? I'm curious to get your your experience there and your thought. I'm, I'd be curious to know what you think since you're in a situation right now where that's actually happening. Yeah, so there's two things that I'm noticing. One is that there can almost be a honeymoon phase that people get into. Hey, I've decided that, yeah, being out on my own, I don't want to do that, or these other people weren't it. I want you, I want to be a solid family unit again, and that things can really seem like, oh yeah, we're on the right path. Like all that, you know, I think the, what's the quote, um, distance makes the heart grow fonder, or how, what's the quote? Yes, yeah, so, I think that is it, let's see. Oh, Loneliness? Absence, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Okay, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I think there's a, re a reality to that. So people come back, but then soon after, there's these old patterns that come back in. Mm -hmm. And I think that the fall from that can seem, can bring in a lot more hopelessness again. Mm -hmm. And so catching someone at that point who's come to me now and is like, yeah, like we're, we're just, I think we're headed back to this place again. Um, can be really scary mm -hmm. and confusing. Yeah. Um, so I found that the work is still the same though, teaching people how to look at each other eye to eye and talk about how they're really feeling, to watch how the other person is being impacted by the way that they're sharing goes a really, really long way. Mm -hmm. I think working with someone individually as a couple's watching to get down to the root of what their fears are, what they're holding, their sadness, and then directing them to speak that to each other builds a lot of safety through the vulnerability, through the body language, the tone, the eye contact, all these things that 
usually go out the window when we're feeling really triggered. So it's not about teaching people how to skirt around these more difficult conversations and just be okay. It's like, no, how are we going to lean into them and build confidence that you can go here when I'm not here and have these conversations? Yes. And not create more damage. I love that. I love that because I find that that is true for me as well. That they need, the couples need to learn how to be able to talk about hard things without blaming or criticizing each other, but sharing the more vulnerable, deep feelings and experiences. And so it's really cool. I think that's one of the amazing things about getting relationship support, getting good relationship support, is that it can help you to do that as a couple. And over time and through practicing, you start to do it on your own and integrate it into your own way of being. And it's it's so powerful. And yeah, it can really change a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also the framework around just how big of a project this is, like having a couple separate for six months or something, it's going to take at least six months or a year of really consistent work to probably build that security. So it's okay to feel hopeless at month one, two, three. Um, but you should start seeing some progress, I think at least after that. Yeah. Or, or I'm not doing my job or they're not the right fit. But, yeah. and because I'm, I've noticed that, you know, there's another, uh, I'm thinking about another situation in which one person wanted to give it two weeks well, let's do this trial separation for two weeks. And if it doesn't work out, then let's like date other people and we'll go from there. And it's like, that's just not enough time. What do you expect is going to happen in two weeks? Right. So separating for two weeks could be beneficial, but if, if that's where you are and that's what you're needing as a couple, but the idea of again, moving on and dating other people, like you said, Bryce, I really agree with that. Like most couples, a lot of couples, by the time they come to Bryce or I, and not all couples. A lot of couples come to us way before they even want to consider separation, which is amazing. But if people come to us at that point, one of the things that they would need to understand is it takes, you want to look at 6 to 12 months of, in, of good, intense work to even be able to start to get more clear on do we want to make this work. And I think that's, from my perspective, that's way more beneficial than a separation. I understand sometimes a separation needs to happen because of certain situations and contexts, but my perspective is it's the work that makes the difference on being able to really get clear. So I really like that as you say that because I think that's that's the part that's more important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also as a coach, understanding that usually people are going to be in two different places. So the more avoidant person is probably going to be pushing for the separation more than the anxious person. Mm -hmm. So for the avoider, my job is going to be helping them lean into more connection. Hey, let's stay with it for the anxious person to like step back, give them some space here. Actually you leaning in to try to fix it and make it better is actually pushing them away. Mm -hmm. So we have to start to balance out these energies. Yep. I really like that Bryce. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're not alone if you've ever thought about separating or you have been separated. And it's not a death sentence to the relationship. No. You know, I mean, if you move into it with the intention of divorce, it still isn't a death sentence. You could still end up choosing to come back together and reconcile. And there's nothing wrong with choosing to divorce if that's if that is your choice. 
And there is this option of being able to separate and get some space and do the work and have that actually bring you closer together. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a fun one, Jen. Yeah, I agree. And I just feel a lot of compassion for everyone out there because I know that something like this can bring up a lot of fear and start to make you doubt and question and wonder about the security of your relationship. So if, if the idea of a separation is coming up, definitely get support, you know, hopefully you're getting support before that point, but if you haven't, you don't need to do it alone. So that's, what's coming up for me. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. I like those, those words of compassion from you, Jen. Mm -hmm. Appreciate your wisdom. Yeah. Thanks. All your experience. Yeah, and I feel really grateful for you for bringing this to the table, too. I know it's something that you've just seen a lot recently. Yeah, super fresh. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Anyways, that's all for today, everybody, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.